are just, I was just thinking the whole time of, you know, Alexandra's whole stance about mediocre food. Like she hates to pay for mediocre food. And that's exactly how I feel about Earth Cafe. Everyone who loves Earth Cafe, you love mediocre food. Because, a lot of people. I feel because bad. what else is there for you? Like, what else is there? Is there good ambiance? No. All right. I've only been one, so I can't really remember. I mean, there's a bajillion Earth Cafe, so maybe the other ones have better ambiance. But the food, it's not the food. I was thinking maybe it was like marmalade, but it always looks so cute from the outside, but is not delicious. No, no. Marmalade has things to offer you in terms of... Ambiance? Yeah. But <laughs> Earth Cafe has none of that. Just a hideously long line and poor food. Sad. Shall we start? I, I, I guess we could talk. So, welcome to Romcomathon. I'm Kat. And I'm Alex. And today we'll be talking about Not Another Happy Ending. Which which was wonderful. So wonderful. Wouldn't you agree? It was a very bad, confusing, stressful film. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to like lead the listener on a little bit more, but I see you just went straight for it. I think I enjoyed it more than you did, so I feel free to acknowledge that it was bad and confusing and stressful. <laughs> I hated it. Yes, that was apparent from your text message. <laughs> so I had seen it before. No, I had never no? seen it before. Oh, I, I had, thought you watched it. No. So I had wanted to watch it for like a long time. Backstory. Alex had a Karen Gillan phase. I did. I did. I had a very like intense six month Karen Gillan phase. It felt like longer, but in retrospect, I think it was only like six to six to eight months. But I so when she was on Doctor Who, I was I was very enamored with Karen Gillan. And after Doctor Who, after she left, she this was the first project that she did. It was a small indie romantic comedy uh, filmed in Scotland. And I was like, ooh, great! I love romantic comedies. I love Karen Gillan. And I think it was really difficult to find for a while. It really wasn't available on like many platforms. Shocking! Why wouldn't they try to distribute this as widely as possible? <laughs> and then I kind of forgot about it. And uh, and then I I saw it pop up on like streaming stuff a uh, while ago. And so. A couple years ago, I believe what happened was that I tried to watch it. I put it on, and then I found the Scottish accents incomprehensible. The thing is, because you had told me this about the movie ahead of time, I thought I was really going to struggle to understand them, but it seemed okay. Yeah, it actually seemed better. And I'm like, maybe, maybe you've improved in yeah. your accent listening abilities. Maybe, maybe. So I was like, okay, and then and then I just never tried again until last week, and then I discovered, oh. Right, this is also heinous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was not not a well-structured film. Mm-mm. It did have four stars on Amazon Prime, and that is telling because Amazon Prime <laughs> watchers are notoriously um, generous. Not discerning. <laughs> uh, they, uh, many things have five stars that Most should, should not have five stars, I feel. Yes, and this was this had four stars. It lost one whole star, so it's you pretty bad. Knew it was gonna be awful. I was actually wondering if we should introduce a segment at some point where we read reviews that people have left on streaming sites. Oh, perhaps. Yeah, on IMDb, they were pretty generous with this movie. I felt. Oh my god, I was like, as soon as I saw her like braid crown outfit situation on like the poster, <laughs> I was like, this is going nowhere good. <laughs> And then I kind of read the description, and I was like, oh, boy. And then the movie was not totally what was described what did in it, the little what did it say? smidgy thing. It basically said that Karen Gillan's an author, and then she's too happy to write, so her publisher tries to make her miserable, but of course he's also in love with her, and he kind of ruins his own chances with her in the process. And I was like, that's not really what happened. They left out quite a bit. 
Should I summarize the film? Please, yeah. So Karen Gillan, correctly described in the summary, is a struggling author. She's a struggling author with a very interesting family backstory. Her mother died horrifically when she was seven, and her father, I think, left around the same time, which was a little confusing. It was the same day. Yes, yes, but I don't understand, because did she grow up in an orphanage the rest of the time? (laughs) Did she grow up with a grandparent? At the beginning of the movie, I thought she lived with mom for her entire childhood, and dad was just a bit of a deadbeat who left when she was little and came in and out of her life, because that's what it seemed like, because it would be like, oh, I didn't see her for six years after that. But mom died when she was seven. You make a good point. Like, I don't understand. So she has this deadbeat dad, Gary Lewis, and she's very scarred from this, and so she's trying to get her first book published, and it is titled... Dear Lord, the eternal (laughs) anguish of my father. And she's getting back these rejection letters that are like, this book was dull and poorly written. And I was like, it sounds dull and poorly written. (laughs) But then finally, there's this French guy, Stanley Weber, who decides to publish it. And in the process, he's kind of like a dick. But in the process of editing it, they really bond. And they kind of maybe fall in love. There's like a montage. And then he decides to change her horrible title apparently without telling her, which is like a little bit rude. And she is super mad. And from that point on, they just hate each other. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really yeah, weird. Yeah. By the way, this all happens within I was gonna the say. first like three minutes of this film. The weirdest part is that I think I literally wrote like, we are 12 minutes into the film. <laughs> like, what? And then there's a time jump and she's suddenly very successful. And she reunites with her dad. She starts dating Desmond from Lost. All the normal things that happen when you're really successful. Yeah. And she still has a relationship with Stanley Weber, but only because they have a two-book deal and she has not yet completed the second book. She basically writes the first 36 chapters of it and then gets stuck at the end. And the reason she's stuck is basically because she's secretly in love with Stanley Weber and she doesn't want their relationship to end. Although, quite frankly, it's mysterious because they're both miserable people. (laughs) But anyway, she has writer's block and... Meanwhile, Stanley Weber is like waiting on this book. His publishing company has money issues because he's such a jerk that no one wants to work with him. (laughs) And he gets it in his head that her writing problems must be because she's too happy now that she's successful. Because, you know, that's normal. And he sets out to make her life miserable again. You know, as you do. A very reasonable response. Yes, a normal human does this to another normal human. Yes, no, clearly. Anyway. Also extremely professional. (laughs) Oh my God. There is no oversight in the publishing business, (laughs) which actually does seem to be the case based on that disturbing article you sent me. Oh, with Dan Mallory. Yes. I was like, there is no oversight in the publishing business. Let's get, we'll we'll talk about that later. Anyway, eventually Stanley Weber realizes that it was not nice to try to ruin her life. And they both realize that they're in love with each other and they get together. Yeah. After shenanigans. Yes, which we'll get to those shenanigans. I've got some things to say about those shenanigans. I've also also got some things to say. My number one note for this movie, like top of my list, is what is Karen Gillan wearing? An ongoing theme. (laughs) Oh my God. So many. I think the whole idea was that they really wanted to convey what a free spirit, manic pixie person she is. I thought they wanted to convey she was dowdy. So whatever their objective was, they did not accomplish it. Oh no, I don't think she, how could you make Karen Gillan dowdy? I don't know, but I was just like, or maybe like too whimsical a la... This is very early in the podcast for the lights to go out. Well, we did chat for like five minutes about Earth Cafe. Anyway. Well, now we're sitting in the dark again. I'm not saying Karen Gillan is dowdy. I'm just saying that they 
I don't know. I thought she was like a weird, isolated, miserable person. No, I don't think she's like a weird, isolated, miserable person. I think it was like she, I think they were trying to convey that she was some sort of whimsical free spirit. Interesting. That she's just quirky, like, uh, like what's her name like, in, in to, to All the Boys? Oh. Like outfit wise? There were some similarities. Maybe. Maybe. I was thinking like, you know, the whole like Natalie Portman Garden State situation. But like, I don't not, know that that was the same vibe. Not quite as a... Uh, as like free spirited, I guess. Well, also it was ten years later. Yeah, like, I yeah. feel like that really peaked Circa Elizabeth Town, another horrible film. You would think, but I don't know. But yes, I definitely wrote down like what a wardrobe. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that her French publisher, by the way, was French Scottish until much a, a chunk into the film after she like torched that relationship. Same. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, he's French. Yes. It, it was hard to tell because he had a weird accent because he was like French Scottish. Yes. Wait, wait. One argument in favor of her being a weird, isolated person, she does not seem to have any friends. Yeah, no, that's completely Not fair. a one. Yes. Normally in rom-coms, they have one friend, preferably of a different ethnicity, but she did not have any friends. Well, this was, as you know, this is movie... UK? Movie, yeah, movie UK, which if you haven't read our blog, movie UK seems to have not one person of color. Yep. Yep. Everyone is white, this is just how in the uh, in films the UK is portrayed, and you know this is this is movie Scotland. So yes, I gotta think it does make sense that movie Scotland would be even whiter than movie London. Exactly. I'd like to talk about how many things confused me about this movie. That French Scottish thing is one of them, but I really had quite a journey with the Scot the French Scottish guy's friend. Oh yes. Um, what's his name? Like, because on I- Agents of Shield. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's how I know him. Okay. it's play- He's played by, let's, let's see if I can pronounce this right, Ian de Kastiker? Ian. Our pal Ian. I like literally Googled our YouTube pronunciation thing oh. before we came here. I'm going to call him good old Ian. <laughs> good old Ian. Um, good old Ian played a character named Roddy. For the first- Was that his name? <laughs> hold up. For the first several minutes of the film, <laughs> thought his name, maybe like half the film, thought his name was Brody. <laughs> I didn't know he had a name. I eventually saw it on a (laughs) caption. The movie basically begins with Stanley Weber being like, Brody, school. So I thought that Brody slash Roddy was his child. (laughs) And then when he came into his frame and was like an adult, or at least like clearly over the age of 15, I was like, oh, wow. He has like a teenage son. That's unexpected. Then he said something like, oh, even back in university, he was like this. And I was like, that's curious that his son was there at university. (laughs) Anyway, eventually I was like, maybe Brody is a teacher. And indeed, that did turn out to be the case. (laughs) Though I don't know why Stanley Weber has to get him up to go to school. (laughs) They seem very close as like friends slash roommates slash he also works part time for Stanley Weber at this publishing house. And I was like, why does he have two jobs? Well, also like they were dining together. I was like, do they live in the publishing house? I think they share an apartment. Yeah. like That is also their publishing house. Yes, yes. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, it, I was like, oh, there's no divide between the work, work, work yes. life. Yeah, situation. At one point, though, they were dining, listening to a motivational tape, and I enjoyed that. Oh, yes. There I do were that. several small things in this movie that I enjoyed, but oh boy. I would like to back up, though, to yes. the musical montage at the top of the film that told us that Karen Gill and Stanley Weber were having like a great old time. And falling in love. And falling in love. Because later in the film, there is, in fact, another musical montage where they are editing her second novel, right? And I was like, 
Did the writer of this film, were they unable to come up with plausible scenes in which they two made a natural connection, and so they had to just gloss over all of this with two musical montages? The good parts. This is what's confusing. The first montage, I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this. And I expected, as in a normal film, that it would segue into a nice scene between the two of them. Yes. And we would see their new and deepened relationship, because like we saw their like longing looks at each other, right? And then suddenly she was just throwing stuff at his head. I enjoyed the second montage as well. And I was like, doesn't seem like a good sign that some of the best parts of this movie are when no one is speaking. I just feel like they they tried some scenes and they were like, Mm-mm, this isn't working. Let's just, let's just gloss <laughs> this over. But like, that's the best part. Seeing them become friends who have weird feelings for each other is what I'm looking for out of a romantic comedy. Exactly, exactly. I have many notes that say like, I have no emotional investment in their relationship, but Karen Gillan's looking great. I was kind of invested because I feel like they had actually relatively good chemistry. I think they both give good face. Faces are good. Faces are good. But... Uh, I just, oh man. But like, I was really preoccupied by my many questions. He, however, was not an amazing actor. So there were parts where I was like, what's happening? So her like rise to success and fame, that was within the first 10 minutes. I was like, oh, things are happening very quickly. Suddenly she's bonding with her dad again. Oh, suddenly she's winning an award. Oh, suddenly she's having sex with Desmond from Lost. I guess they were just like, well, this is the prologue. And then we have to get to the good stuff, which is about him trying to ruin her life. And you're like, I I feel like I would expect that to not happen until the 50% or something point of the film. I, however, enjoyed Desmond from Lost. What's his actor's name? Henry Ian Cusick. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I just called him Desmond in my notes. I did not realize he was Desmond until I looked him up afterward. Really? I was like, gosh, he looks familiar. At the end, I was like, oh my god, he's Desmond. I did not realize. And then, did you know, he's Peruvian Scottish. Oh, I did not know that. And I'm like, that does make him extra interesting. He is interesting in the face. Yeah, he is, he is. Perhaps it is because of his Peruvian Scottish background. His uh, his character was the worst slash the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Was it ever explained why he was writing on a typewriter? I think just to be extra Okay. okay, because literally there's a part in my notes that's just question after question. Is Brody a teacher? I do not understand who this lady is. His accountant? <laughs> is he actually French? Why is her boyfriend writing on a typewriter? I just... No, I think, I think it was to be extra pretentious and then have the banging of the typewriter really clunk, just clunk clunk you know, that yeah. would indeed make me not want to live with my boyfriend anymore yeah no it's true they have this whole so like what eventually when desmond from lost moves into her beautiful apartment that she somehow managed to have even when she was an unemployed unsuccessful writer they have two desks smushed together to write at and she has a normal laptop and he has a extremely loud typewriter Now that you bring up the apartment, that is really weird because her family doesn't have money. I know. So like when she's like a fucking orphan. Well, maybe she inherited all that money from when her mother died at Woolworths when she was like seven. But then why can she not afford to take herself to Disneyland? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There were many plot holes in this film. Oh, I don't know if you you made this note, but uh, when... Desmond is presenting her with her author award, Karen Gill with her author award, and is instead, you know, Getting giving giving a speech. About his own. Yeah, talking about himself. He says, the terror of the Toro Blanco, which he refers to as the white pages, yes. like a, a, a writer's block. And I was like, I will only ever refer to this as the Toro <laughs> Blanco from now on. I love it. 
Not El Toro Blanco. Just, just the, the Toro, Toro Blanco. Blanco. <laughs> I sense this will become annoying. Oh, but you actually missed this huge thing in your summary, actually, which is that then the protagonist of her unfinished second novel comes alive. Oh, and, my God. And Karen Gillan starts hallucinating her just around. When that happened, I was like, is this still a romantic comedy? I was confused because I feel like I watched this movie and it starred Emma Thompson. It's like, I don't know if you ever, I can't, it was like Will Ferrell and Emma Thompson or something. And it was the protagonist of her novel, Came Alive. Oh, no. I can't remember the- Never heard of it. Okay. I can't remember the title. Who can say? (laughs) It was a couple years ago, but this was a wildly different film that I thought I was watching. Um, I felt that later when she was like hiding in the cabin from her feelings or whatever, and the protagonist was still there, but silent, I was like, now it's a horror film. (laughs) And I did not like it. Um, also her protagonist name is Darcy, but D-A-R-S-I-E. And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Also, apparently it's her middle name. So we can blame the Woolworth dying mom. Or dad or, or Debbie dad. Yes. The whole, like, story with her dad, and I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I cared a little, but there were quite a few ups and downs. And you were like, should she forgive her horrible dad, though? Like, maybe not. So... In the film, very early on, Karen Gillan finishes her first book, becomes a wild success, and her Debbie dad reconnects with her on the book tour. And then after they reconnect, they're like, they still don't know each other that well? Is that what happened? Yeah, pretty much. But then, like, he hasn't read the book yet, and somehow it hasn't occurred to him that perhaps her book is about the trauma of her horrible father. Well, the title did change. True. I mean, he's also clearly just not that bright. Yes. And then after he finds this out, he's like, oh, my God. First, he's super mad. And then he kind of understands. And then, yeah, whatever. And then there's like this whole thing with him having like a very competitive trivia. I'm going to be honest. I enjoyed Deadbeat Dad's love of trivia. But it was such a weirdly constructed... He wasn't very good at trivia. Yes. It was such a weirdly constructed storyline that didn't quite... But this movie was a lot of moving parts that just never came together. Oh, my God. It was extremely confusing and, and badly constructed. I enjoyed that dad was fond of Stanley Weber while Karen Gillan hated him. Yes. That yeah. pleased me. I did like that. I was classic. I enjoyed all the shots of Glasgow. I loved visiting Glasgow, and so I enjoyed seeing Glasgow again. I would like to visit Glasgow. Yeah. That cemetery I, that they sit in, I've been to. Oh, really? It's beautiful. Oh. Really beautiful, yeah. Can we talk for a second about the cemetery scenes, particularly the end? <laughs> so here's the thing. At one point, Stanley Weber is, you know, struggling with his life, whatever. He's kind of coughing. And I was like, is he coughing from smoking? Is he dying? And I was like, kind of kidding. And then (laughs) when they get together, they're like making out and he like collapses. And then suddenly it cuts to what appears to be a funeral. And I, my notes literally say, LOL, what? He actually died? (laughs) And I was like, of what? Lung cancer? TB? (laughs) Consumption? (laughs) And then it turned out that it was her reading. It was, they chose to stage a reading at the cemetery. Like a funeral. Like there's a coffin and everything. And I was like, this is super weird. I was like, this is extremely over the top. I did enjoy, to be fair, when she was kind of like, do you think this is tacky? And he was like, tacky, we have canapes. But truly, I was like, did he actually die? This is not a rom-com. No. 
but he was no. alive, so it was okay. Yes, yes. But she wasn't in all black, which probably should have been a clue. She had like a maroonish suit and then like a black shirt. When they were making it, was that like, that was the end at the cabin, right? Yes. Okay, so Karen Gillan breaks up with Desmond and runs away to this cabin and Stanley Weber goes off to find her. It's very rugged and he gets there and he's, but it looks like he's dying in consumption. It really does. Like he does not look good in good shape. <laughs> He, he probably just has like a cold yeah and in the background what i what i said was i called them scottish dashboard confessional with singing oh my god that is literally what i wrote <laughs> is it really yes oh my god yes, yes. it yes. says i kind of like when she swipes the baby plant from him and sends him away and then she watches him struggle with the car <laughs> while scottish dashboard confessional plays yes <laughs> We've known each other for a long time. <laughs> also, they really sound they like really, Dashboard Confessional. They really did. I know. And I was like, but I know it's not Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> yes, because they were Scottish. Yeah. They had audible accents. I'm so happy. I know. Me too. Me too. I So I got to tell you, I don't have any best lines or anything. I did write the part where um, Stanley Weber is at the bar. Because so there's the whole thing with... her dad being a very competitive trivia player and there's trivia championship and the the prize is like (laughs) tickets to what is it tickets to disney or something yeah i kind of maybe fell asleep at some point so dude well not fell asleep but got distracted or like this movie was not interesting and um and meanwhile this is all during the whole part where stanley weber is causing all kinds of shenanigans trying to make her miserable like pretending her plan is dead and just all this all the shit and he goes to the bar because what he's done is he's purposefully gotten good old Ian to pick up Karen Gillan in the guise. Basically, of he's a, had her kidnapped. Yeah, as a, in the guise of a cabbie to make her per, to make her miss this trivia competition on purpose. And Karen Gillan is like their ringer. But meanwhile, Stanley Weber goes to the bar, is chatting up with Karen Gillan's dad, and Karen Gillan's dad is confiding all this terrible oh, stuff, God. like he did when Karen Gillan was a child. And one of them was. As he said, quote, daddy was spending her Mickey Mouse money on booze while her mother dropped dead at Woolworth. <laughs> Is this a best or a worst line? <laughs> best slash worst. Mickey Mouse money on booze. Daddy was spending her Mickey Mouse money I'm on so booze. I'm so uncomfortable hearing you read this line aloud. I loved it. And I blocked like, it out. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. And this is said with earnest seriousness as oh, he's God. tearing up. And Stanley Weber is looking at him like, oh, God, I didn't know. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, 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 God. Don't you feel like if you were in that situation, you'd be like, I was not expecting to have this conversation. I, I would also have to be like, Man, excuse I me, know. I must go laugh in the bathroom. I, I'm sorry. You're a bad person. <laughs> Mickey Mouse money on booze. <laughs> There were like just so many shenanigans, but like in not- that scene, I did enjoy when he was trashing Euro Disney, and then he was like, "No offense, I know you're French." Yes, <laughs> real. He was like real Disney. I mean, true. Well, I, I don't know. I've never been to. I've never That's been true, to- actually. I was like, he kept Disney. saying Disneyland, but I feel like he might have meant Disney World. Yeah, Disneyland is not as good. No, although I have to say, when we went to Disneyland recently, the lady at the I said Disney World by accident. The lady at the ticket counter seemed really offended. <laughs> really. She was like, we were first. And I was like, okay. I mean, I know I live here, but thanks. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Well, she okay. takes her job real seriously. Uh-huh, as do a lot of Disney people. Yeah. Okay. So I actually do have, interestingly, I have a couple of quotes and scenes that I enjoyed. Oh, please share. And I did not have worse. I enjoyed when Karen Gillan was like his stupid stubbly face. This isn't like genius, but I'm just saying. I enjoyed that vibe. 
I don't know if this was great, but he said he basically was being like a lifetime with Desmond. If that doesn't make her miserable, nothing will. Uh, no, maybe that's it. Oh, wait. I enjoyed when before the Scottish dashboard confessional bit, he was like, Jane, I'm not good at this countryside stuff. All right. I think I saw a bear. <laughs> oh, yes. that made me laugh. That's all. Okay. He's not he's not um, rugged. None of these were genius lines, no, I guess. No, no, I guess context made them. Yes, I mean, we have to pick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought you might have worse lines because I knew you hated it so much. I, I, I did it because I was just like, this movie's abysmal. Yes, mo- most of the movie was a collective worst line. Now that I'm thinking about it, though, I feel like the bulk of this movie wasn't even a ton of shenanigans. No, it was like, well, there were truly parts where I was like, is this a drama? But like, not a very good one. But it also wasn't because it was, like, very obviously supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, she's, like, running around naked, baking. Yeah, I did yeah. not know she got naked, by the way. I was like, oh, that was a surprise. Oh, I think I said, is this the best scene? <laughs> <laughs> she looked great. Well, she, well, uh, okay, at one point she had that, that those, like, that red and white polka dotted thing. Were those oven mitts? I think so. Okay. She wasn't naked. I just was reminded. Um. Okay, so best scenes. I kind of liked... Brody, who turned out to be named Roddy. Yep. And good old Ian. Yes, good old Ian, I feel like was a decent human being. And I enjoyed him and that blonde girl, kind of. Oh, the other author. The other author. They seem kind of cute. Yes, I forgot about that. I also enjoyed that one time when Karen Gillan comes in looking for Stanley Weber, uh, Roddy hastily hides his book, which is called The Joy of Outdoor Sex. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yep. I also enjoyed this post credit scene, which I don't know if you saw. Was it after, like, really post credits well, like, maybe mid credits maybe i did what was well it? It, it was when roddy was like grading papers and being like this kid didn't try this kid didn't fill anything out i think i did see this yes i was like that part was okay telling that it wasn't in the actual film yes yes no that is that is telling i see overall that we we're, we're both in agreement here thin pickings yeah i will say that like overall i kind of enjoyed how much of their bond happened over the writing stuff and mm. I was like, this could have been nice. I could have had feelings about this. The thing is, is that this movie had some potential, but... It, squandered it. Yeah, no, really, really Big time did. squandered it. I just, I just keep thinking of that moment in the bathroom where she, like, hallucinates her protagonist for the first time and, like, talks to her. And I was like, this movie went in a direction I was not expecting. It's taken a turn. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> boy, UK locks are really high up on the door. Oh, are they? Yeah, they're like up, like when you're standing, they're like here, you know. Oh. We experienced this. Did we? Yes. I don't remember. Fine. Okay. Well, maybe I just, maybe, I mean, I just probably just didn't think about it. Are all locks high for you? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure. Everything's like, everything's all, I'm just like, ooh, they're all high. Okay. No, they really are. Like, like they're like up here and, or like up by the chest, shoulder, shoulder area okay. rather than down by like your waist where American locks are usually. Mm. Does that make it easier or harder? Well, I just think it's like really far from the doorknob, which is odd to me. One last thing. Yes. I truly did not know at any point in this film how much time had passed. Yeah. When Desmond proposed, (laughs) I was like... Over the phone, by the way. How long? Well, he was a very self-absorbed human. But like, yes, he was lured away by Stanley Weber as part of the plot or whatever. And then from a phone booth rain soaked he was like you're the best thing in my life karen gillen we should get married <laughs> and i guess she said yes yes she, she was like she was like oh my god this is the proposal of my dreams bizarre <laughs> she's got some self-esteem issues she that yeah yeah that wasn't clear <laughs> 
anyway but truly i was like i wonder how long they've been together and then i was like i wonder how much time has passed in this film in general so unclear this film could have also been titled daddy issues the movie a year two years like her second book by the way is about her being in love with stanley weber but not knowing why because he's such a tool is there what it's about yes i wasn't clear Yeah, she literally like reads a section about like or actually, no, no, no. Stanley Weber reads a section, and then he basically is like, God, I don't know why she's in love with this guy, blah, 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 because he just seems listing all his own bad qualities. And Karen Gillan is like, he has nice hair. <laughs> he did have nice Which hair. Which is true. Yeah. He did have nice hair. My only other thing was I was like, do people socially mouth kiss in Scotland? Because even though they hate each other, at one point at the bar, he says goodbye to her by kissing her on the mouth. I missed this part, and I I don't know. If we have any listeners in Scotland, if you could, or listeners familiar with Scotland. Do you kiss your friends and frenemies goodbye on the mouth? You're like, mm, I hate you. Mouth kiss <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> like, is he doing it antagonistically? Is it a normal social convention? We're just not clear. So, ra- shall we? Rating-wise... What would you give it? Like a three, maybe? A four? It was pretty bad. It was really bad. I wouldn't give it a four. A three? I'd be like a two or a three. Yeah. Two or three interesting Karen Gillan outfits. Uh-huh. Two or three publisher shouting matches. Uh, two or three um, two or three motivational tapes. Two or three Scottish dashboard confessionals. <laughs> Yeah, it was not it was not a winner. I would not watch again, not even on a plane. Would you? No. I was trying to picture myself watching it again. <laughs> Seems unlikely. The thing is is that this is a movie I would have like turned off midway or like even pretty early oh, on had I not had to watch it. The weird part is like there were parts that like I kind of wish that their little montage thing had been the entire film. Yeah. But like in scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would have watched that movie. Yeah. Alex, who, it, well, started watching with me, watched half and then, like, walked off, uh, <laughs> came back at the end. Uh, to be able to leave. I know. What she, a gift. She came back at the end, and she was like, this is on my list of top five worst films I've ever seen. And I was like, sadly, I have seen many more. Oh, God. I will say the best thing about this movie was it was only about an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing about this film. And, and faces. And Karen Gillan's face. Yeah. yeah. She looks great. Alex was like, she's not really to my taste. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> she has very expressive eyes. She's beautiful. There was a part nice. where I literally wrote, he gives good face. And then I wrote, she has good eyes. I stand by my Karen Gillan face, um, even after watching this, this film, because of her face situation. I mean, here's the thing. You really cannot stop loving an actor based on their work quality because the reality is every actor you love will at some point do a piece of garbage what about kate oh i was actually thinking about her and being like maybe not kate winslet ah yes we both we both watched a lot of kate winslet films at one point i was thinking of drew oh she has made a couple of yes she's made many films and several are not great yes but i watched them but her face is so delightful. What are you going to do? I know, I know. But you got to think, like, say you love Amy Adams, but she made Leap Year. 
you know, and you're there like, are qualities to <laughs> leap year that make it an okay movie. Alex loves Matthew Good. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the beautiful rolling hills of Ireland. And Matthew Good. <laughs> Ireland does look great in that film. It looks much as so Scotland great. looks great in well, the film. Well, okay, Scotland looks only okay because it's only Glasgow. So we're not really getting like the rolling hills of Scotland. I'm just saying, you get like a whole whole situation. Plus, they have to be fake married for like a portion that's in true. Leap Year. So that's really like there's like a whole good uh-huh, montage. This is there. Alex defending Leap Year. Let's she's on record defending Leap Year. <laughs> You know what? I think it's a fine movie to watch if you're really bored and you're looking How many to- times have you seen Leap Year? Many times. <laughs> you're looking to clean your kitchen and just want to put something in the background. I think Leap Year is an appropriate film, okay? And at least story-wise, I think makes more sense and is more cohesive than this. Yes, it is a better structured film by far. I will give you that. Let us both go on record saying that Leap Year is significantly better structured than this movie. Okay. Which was very bad. Well. And on that note. On that note. Goodbye. Thank thank you for listening. Please subscribe and review uh, us on iTunes. Um, You could also listen to us on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. I don't think anyone's listened to us on Google Play. But we're very very happy that we released our first episode and we've had such good responses. Um, So, but please write in uh, Twitter, Tumblr. Um, we really are going to tweet more. Yes. And we have an Instagram. Uh, Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, we will already be tweeting more. Maybe. Our new Instagram is romcomathon2016. Uh, so please follow it. Oh, no. Is it just romcomathon? It's just romcomathon. It's JK. It's just romcomathons because our Twitter is. Yeah, it was actually available this time. And I was like, will it confuse people? Maybe it won't confuse you, but it evidently confuses us. Yes. So please follow us on, on Instagram, romcomathon. And yeah, write in. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.